God called me to share, you know, and not keep it in secret. And so I have, and it has cost me friends and family. It absolutely has. It Hey, 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 everybody. We are back for another outstanding podcast, and we are the unrefined. And that means all kinds of interesting things, and it can actually mean whatever you want it to be. Is the podcast unrefined, or are we unrefined, or are we just crazy nuts? Well, we're, I think we're a little bit of all of them. It's mostly us. Yeah, it's mostly us. Yeah, Lindsay and I. <laughs> and, and, and Lindsay's here. Hey, guys. How you doing? I've got my mug of Creo brew here and ready to get into it. Yeah, what's Creo brew, Lindsay? I mean, what it's is like, that? Is that it's cacao? Chicory? No, it's cacao, cocoa. If you're not into all that fancy stuff, but yeah, it's like a ground cacao. It's like a coffee or tea substitute. That's it's interesting. I've been That's trying cool. lately. Yeah, I've got my good old fashioned whatever was in the coffee pot in mine. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, we have an outstanding guest today that I want to introduce that. Honestly, you guys, I can't wait to hear the story because I've known about these connections that we're going to talk about for years, but I want her to share her story and get into the connections. I don't want this just to be an informational thing. I want this to be a heartfelt type of podcast that we're doing here too. So I really want you to get into the story. She's from Southern California, born and raised SoCal and yep. to a, a devout Mormon family with the school in Utah. Did you go to Brigham Young? I went to UVU where the cooler people went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, kidding, but yeah. No, I get cool. I mean, I've heard of East of the 40, is it the 45 in Southern California? What what highway is it? Everybody who is like popular. It's like East of the... Oh, like, 405. Yeah, that's it, 405. 405 yep. out here, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love California though. It's a great state. She is a model, actress, wardrobe stylist, and a host, a philanthropist fighting against human trafficking for almost 10 years, and that's a, another podcast, another story we're not going to get into today. Mother of three boys, discovered the truth about the Mormon Church about five years ago, prayed for the truth, and became a Christian three years ago. So mm -hmm. she has a background in Mormonism that you know uh, a non-Mormon wouldn't have. She can give you insights into the being on the inside that we don't usually have being on the outside. And so after a life filled with abuse and adversity, she turned it around, healed, and became a Christ-centered trauma and CPTSD coach, wellness coach, and life and relationship coach. Wow, I need to sign. I need you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. <be> client? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. But uh, thank you so much, Lindy Kennedy, for being on our show we appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. And so how we do this is we're real laid back. This is not going to be a super formal thing. We're just going to have a conversation. This is like your living room. You're sitting down. You have your beverage of choice, and we just want to chat. What we want to hear now is your story. Take it away, Lindy. Okay. Well, my parents were both converts, actually. They came from broken homes, being raised in mm. L.A. by single moms. And, you know, the Mormon church is, honestly, I, I get it. So looking back, sometimes I want to, with everything I discovered, part of me wants to say, how would anyone even believe this 
religion when you start comparing it to the Bible and there's so many contradictions. And when you're able to go and find out that, you know, there's no archaeological evidence of the Book of Mormon, there's the DNA evidence proves it to be false. All of Joseph Smith's and all the other prophets' prophecies have not come true. Um, it was pl Book of Mormon's plagiarized app. There's all the Freemasonry, which we'll get into, but the temple yeah. ceremonies that I have been in are just complete, complete um, ripoffs of Freemason rituals in their lodges. And when you go and you see all this, you think, well, how does anyone believe this? What, how did we fall into this? But if you look at like my parents' story and a lot of people similar to that, you can kind of see you've got you know, some nice young men knocking on your door and telling you that they have the truth, the only truth that nobody else has, you know, and they can get you to heaven, the highest degree of heaven that only mm. Mormons will go to if you just come join their church. And they're usually just these sweet 19-year-old boys that are so innocent and kind and just want to help people. They're taught their whole lives that if they bring people into the church and they go on these missions, that, that they'll be blessed and their families will be blessed and they'll be able to be together forever. And that's the goal. So you've got them knocking on people's doors who are usually going through a hard time and have a broken family and they're, you know, struggling financially or something like that. And the church is a really great system. Yeah, they help people, right? So yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, th th that's what's amazing about this whole ordeal is these people are real people, and they're nice people, and and yes. it's not like it's a malicious organization. It, it is, I guess, higher up you go, but but exactly, but, but but the people are just good, just good people like we are trying to follow Jesus, and they don't know any better. And right. I, I just. I just hate sometimes when uh, a lot of well-meaning Christians will demonize people in these aberrant or occultic type, you know, denominations and stuff. When we have yeah. to realize that we could have been just as deceived as they are. I mean, I had a buddy; it was a Mormon in high school, and he went on his mission, and and he was one well, of the greatest guys. A nice guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beyond a nice guy, a lot more moral yeah. than I was. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. right? They're usually very wholesome and kind and, and giving and so that's where i tiptoe where i get a little careful with my my verbiage because um i don't like people get a little offended because it, it, most of the people that you know your neighbors your buddy in high school um i know people oh i dated a mormon like they're they're nice people they're giving 10 yeah. they're hardworking. they abstain from alcohol sex before marriage drugs um coffee cigarettes tea um it's a very very wholesome family oriented lifestyle and um usually they're giving the shirt off their back they're you know going and weeding other people's i grew up my saturdays were filled with service projects i had mm -hmm. to babysit for free for people that didn't have a lot of money i had to go and garden and pull weeds for people paint houses clean um mm. I was serving uh, people people who were sick, um, making cookies and casseroles for people having babies. So it's a very like, com it's a com it's a community. It's a it's really it's a culture. Like if you look like Samoans, that's why they love the Mormon religion. Um, Samoans, Hawaiians, Tongans, they're, they're, a lot of them they'll join the Mormon Church. It's they love that family culture, that togetherness. You know, it's like a village, right? Mm, so, yeah. um, but it also is all encompassing. So it's 
it also becomes part of everything you do, which is why it's so hard to leave too. But um, so going back, both of my parents were in LA, both single moms raising them, dads aren't in the picture. Same story. They kind of, it's funny, but um, they both had missionaries kind of approach them, bring them in, you know, befriend them, bring them to church and everyone's very welcoming. They'll come and say, how are you? Oh, what can we do for you? And, you know, come to this activity. And so they both ended up joining. My dad went on a mission. He joined the church as a teenager, left and went on a mission to Oklahoma, came back, met my mom a couple weeks later, and they married, um, I think, within six months of meeting each other in the Los Angeles temple. Mm. Interesting. And so, yeah. yeah. And they were hardcore. They're going to do everything the right way. They went and had four babies, myself being one of them. And yeah. they raised us just in um in Temecula, California. And we everything I ate, drank, lived and breathed was Mormon. And mm-hmm. everything was very controlled and very um, you know, it it was very controlled. And everything from the time I got up to the time I went to bed was you pray and you eat and you go to seminary before school and you go to church for hours. And my mom was very concerned about looking like the perfect Mormon family. And so mm. what I ate, what I wore, or the bows in my hair were matching. It was, it was this big production really. And, um, but we were missing that the spirit, the relationship with Jesus is what I never really had. And it was just more of the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. So, um, yeah. 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 So that's yeah, that... kind of, yeah, the upbringing of it. So. Yeah, that 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 makes a, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, so often though, uh, a lot of groups like like Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses and Restorationist type groups, they they'll look at the church and they'll see and see. And this is what what breaks my heart is you look at the the normal, the mainstream church, and they're not doing these things, and and so they're so afraid of doing works that they are afraid of being like a Jehovah's Witness or Mormon trying to earn their salvation that they won't do anything you know and and so it's it's a uh, it's really a conundrum and i understand uh where a lot of these cultic groups come from but looking back at the you know just at the condition in a lot of areas of the church i i really get mm-hmm. it and yeah. and understand it but it, you know, it goes it goes a lot deeper than that, and that's what we're about to get into. Is is it's it's not just salvation when works and and stuff like that. It goes into a lot a totally different cosmology, and mm, a lot of it right. was a lot of it was brought in by Freemasons and all that kind of stuff. Hey, my unrefined friends, I just wanted to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this: is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. See, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members-only group. Things that are coming in our members-only group that are going to just blow your mind, not to mention there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel. So make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members-only community. I just can't stress the fact that, you know, we're after building a community and 
there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there So give us the background of of that that you know about. That's right. Well, I love that you said that because a lot of people will say that the Mormon church isn't true, which I mean, it's not. And we will get into that, how it even originated. But so it, it's not. It, it is a false religion. And um, Joseph Smith is a false prophet and it is false doctrine. Absolutely. But um, but people will say it's not true just because we focus so much on works. And there are so many works that the Mormon religion believes that you have to do to be able to go to heaven. Um, absolutely. And that is not true. But right. I do like what you said, because there's also a lot of people I've seen in, in Christianity who are just like, nope, it's grace. Grace is all you need. And the gospel of grace and mm-hmm. uh, which no faith without works is dead. And um, we are called as ambassadors to the kingdom to, you know, um, do what Christ has called us to do. And it's not just sit back. And so I like that you said that because you, it's not all or nothing, you know. Yes. So yes. there is something yeah. in the middle. Yeah. We so, call the two. We uh, call the two ditches is what we call it. Yeah, have one ditch. Yeah. That that's all you know, rational works oriented. And then the other ditch is all grace, which is quietism, doing nothing, passivity. And it's exactly. it, it's ne- neither ditch. It's the it's the middle of the road. Yes, I love that you said that because that's being Mormon and now Christian where I do kind of see a lot of that um, rhetoric. And so I, I do, I love, appreciate that you said that. So, yeah. Um, well, and, and, okay, and I do want to so. ask you this. I have a yeah. friend who is a priest. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Anglican priest. I'm not really a practicing Anglican priest now because I do okay. or, organic church and house church planning and stuff. But uh, I had a priest friend of mine who had a woman she had a really incredible testimony. She was Mormon, and she accepted Jesus into her heart, and apparently it wasn't the Mormon-type Jesus. It was like real Jesus, because God gradually, over the next two or three years, just brought her out of it, and, and she goes back and she says, no, I was really saved while I was in the Mormon church, and God just slowly gave me truth that got me out of it. And so I, I wonder, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's a lot of saved people that are in the Mormon church that are, you know, that maybe not a lot, okay? Let, let me rephrase that. There are people there that have accepted the true Jesus and then will might be in heaven one day. What do you think about that, Lindy? So that's an interesting point, and we could probably talk for a while on that. And, and you know, being an Anglican um, priest at one point yourself, maybe you would even have more insight on that. But um, when I wanted to get deeper into my faith and my walk with the Lord, my, um, my father passed away and oh. my father passed away about two years ago, um, as, as a Mormon. And what I really wanted to know deeply was, well, is he mm. saved or not? Because, you know, he believed in the Mormon Jesus. Um, I did experience a lot of abuse growing up. Um, but in my later years before my dad passed, he was being reaching out to me and um not necessarily apologized and and discussed everything but i could tell that it was on his heart and so Mm. he started being 
a little more kinder and reaching out to me. And I knew that he wanted maybe to apologize or have somewhat of a relationship with me. And I'm grateful for that before he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, was he repentant? Had he maybe gotten closer to God? Um, I don't know because, and I don't know what happened in the last breaths of his life. Right. But what right. I really want, yeah. So it was, honestly, it was a time of my life where I was crying every day and I was tormented by it all. Like, is my mm. dad in hell? Is my dad in hell? You know, it, it, it was eating me up for a long time. And mm -hmm. I was starting to, you know, reach out to pastors online and, and read and try to get on YouTube and say, are Mormons saved? And, you know, I was really trying to get to the bottom of it. And I don't know what, if I know, if I'm a hundred percent sure where my dad is right now, but what God did give me is he gave me peace mm. and he gave me peace with it that I don't have to know a hundred percent, but it's in God's hands and he gave me peace and I don't worry about it anymore. God gave me peace with it. Um, my dad, I don't, wherever he is, it's in God's hands and it's up to him. But generally speaking, Mormons worship a Jesus that is not the biblical Jesus. And without Jesus Christ, our advocate and savior to get to the father, there's one way, the truth, the life, the way, right? Right. Mormons don't worship that Jesus. It's a And they get mad at me when I tell them this, but I don't think they realize it. And I did mm. all the work. I know who the Jesus that Jesus yeah. Smith taught of. That Jesus can't save them. Yeah. Lindy, correct me if I'm wrong, but the past, what, maybe... 20, 30 years even, the Mormon church has really pushed this kind of, we're just we're another Christian denomination yeah. thing, right? <laughs> I know, right. And and they'll fight you on that, and they will tell you that they are, because they say the name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, how could they not be a Christian, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It's, it's written on their buildings, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, no, so if you want to, I don't know if you know this, but the Joseph Smith that, um, or I'm sorry, the Jesus Christ that Joseph Smith teaches of uh, is truly God was a man, just like you and I, who exalted into godhood. Um, he came from a planet called Kolob, and it, um, and now Earth is is Elohim, that God's now planet. And then you and I and everyone else that's a Mormon could possibly, if we want to be a God just like him and have our own planets. And Jesus, uh, Joseph Smith taught that uh, God literally um, came down and had sex with Mary and created Jesus. And he is mm -hmm. his son. And that Lucifer is also his son. And that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. You know, it's a lot of duality, Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. And um, that you and I are spirit brothers and sisters of Jesus and, um, and Lucifer. And that... Um, so Jesus is a man. He is not God coming down in the flesh. Mormons do not believe that God came down in the flesh, became mm. Jesus, died on the cross, and then ascended back up. Um, they believe he's literally a spirit son, like you and I, Anemia. of God. And mm. um, yeah, so they, they believe a completely different Jesus. Yeah, it's fascinating you, you say that, because just the other day I was talking with a, a buddy of mine, and, and we were talking about testing the spirits and how there's this myth out in Christian in Christian circles about what testing the spirits is. We, we make it this really big, broad thing, when in reality, when John in 1 John is talking about testing the spirits, 
It's real simple. You test the spirits by asking them whether Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Mm. That's how you te- that's how you test the spirit. And it's amazing to me how many of these different groups. It's like you know, imagine that God knows everything, but God knew <laughs> that <laughs> that that he was going to Joseph Smith would have this different Jesus, right? Or the Jehovah's Witnesses, or he knew that it would it would be a stumbling block for for you know himself to take on human flesh, and that's why that question I think is so important when testing the, you know testing the spirits, and uh, it's been made in, in a lot of circles into something a lot bigger than I think it is is what I'm trying to say, but it it all boils down to to that you know is this this spirit that we're believing in is is it presenting a Jesus that that came in the flesh and apparently Moroni I guess that was his his spirit guide didn't yeah, preach Moroni, it Moroni but yeah a lot Moroni. of people call him Moroni but it's Moroni yeah. Moroni yeah, yeah. He, well and I I have theories I think Moroni could have been a fallen angel personally mm-hmm. so Nephilim uh, Nephi is short for Nephilim oh so. wow. I've heard that well, name, but never made that connection before. Yeah. Mormonism. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's, what's, what's interesting about it is I've heard the same similar type thing that, that uh, I, have a, I have a friend who is very familiar with a lot of Mormonism, and he thinks that not all of it is fake. He thinks that a lot of Joseph Smith's experiences were truly supernatural, just with the, you know, the dark side. Lucy- yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. With the dark side. And then he thinks some of them probably were him being a grifter, you know. I mean, because he kind of was. Joseph Smith was kind of a he grifter was. at the beginning. And yeah, he was. And and, uh, and I don't think that changed too terribly much even later on, but it did some. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting, um, interesting take, which a rabbit hole I would love to go down, but <laughs> I, I want to stick with this. So, so, so many rabbit holes. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah, definitely. One leads to another. <laughs> So tell, so tell us, uh, go back into the, the masonry stuff. I mean, when did you start recognizing that? And what are the, the early connections you made? And then how did it bloom into what you understand now? Right. So because of human trafficking and being involved in that, I was exposed to seeing some um, mason rituals that because if you know a lot about that, there's satanic ritual abuse involved mm-hmm. and um, at the deeper levels of masonry. So just to kind of lay this out there, um, a lot of people will tell you that Freemasonry is a brotherhood, um, bettering men, making them better. Right. Um, you know, it's it, we're, they, they say that they're about integrity and brotherhood and um, serving the community. Well, sounds a lot like the Mormon Church. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so what it is, and um, I don't, you know, know who your listeners are, and I don't want to offend anybody, but um, Jesus came down with a sword, so I'm going to tell the truth. Um, the Mason Freemasonry, the Morm- LDS Church, Mormon Church, and the Catholic Church, all alike, are organizations within an organization. So on the outsides, you'll see the foot soldiers of Catholic, Mormon, Freemasonry, all that, that look clean and kind and brotherly and organized and, you know, good citizens serving your community. And those, and that's done by design. So, you know, you think of like Russian dolls or the little blocks within the blocks. It's an organization within an organization. 
And um, so you have all those people on the outside making you look good. And basically, they're your worker bees. And that's why the beehive is also a lot of symbolism in Utah and the Mormon church with beehives. That's masonry too. So mm-hmm. this is your worker bees on the outside. And then in the in the at the core of all of these, it's Luciferian. And um the core of Masonry, uh, Mormons and Catholics, there's a lot of satanic ritual abuse, and there's um, a lot of pedophilia, and there's a lot of um, you know, just a lot of horrible things. Uh, it's it's magic, it's rituals that and they believe that this is how they harness energy and they serve their gods, right? And so um so I started to see some of those weird similarities, but then the brainwashing was still, the programming is still in my mind. It's very hard. And and this is why I have a lot of like empathy and compassion. And I try not to offend people in the Mormon church because there are so many layers and you're raised with it. It's everything you're taught your whole life, right? And so it's really hard to peel those layers back. And I right. went through a whole grieving process. It's And most people do that realize when they come to the truth, it's it's not an easy process. So I try to be kind about it. It's not easy. It's not like we meant to believe lies our whole life. Right. So we we don't like that either. (laughs) So, um, but people get offended by the word brainwashing because it almost brings a lot of shame, but it's not our fault. We were told this our whole lives. Right. And as a, as a little baby and your first seven years of life, you're in theta, you're, it's a hypnotic, um, phase of life. So everything you're programmed, it's, it's deep in you. So it's really hard to come out of. But I started to see these things and I and I went to the temple to take out my endowments is what it's called. And you go mm. in and you do these washing and anointings and you do these very ceremonial things and you have people touching you and um doing things to you that's it's a little bizarre and and then you go in the room with so you're first you're by yourself with with another person from the church who's touching you and and pouring oil on your head and and it's it's strange. And then you put on these garments, which have Masonic symbols, the square and compass and the navel, a little line on the navel. It's all Masonic. They have the garments that you wear, have Masonic symbols. You put them on and then you put on your Masonic dress and apron and sash. You put on a veil over your head. And the whole thing is so Masonic. I mean, it's just straight out of a Masonic lodge. And it's mm-hmm. wild that we... People don't see this, but then you go up to an altar, just like in a Masonic lodge Mm -hmm. and at the altar is where you do these ceremonies and then you're given a new name. And I was given the name Miriam, which I knew the church wasn't true as soon as they said my name was Miriam. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's a joke, but I don't really look like a Miriam. I don't feel like I'm one and and they (laughs) just make a name out of a box. It's just the whole thing is so silly. I dated a guy who said that his name in the temple was Boaz. And I'm like, oh, they gave you Boaz. Wow. Like, so it's just, it's silly. Um, but then you have to learn these little sh- handshakes and they give you yep. tokens. And the handshakes and the tokens are all Masonic. And Joseph Smith literally just ripped off everything out of the Masonic yeah. lodge and then made this religion based on it. And, you know, you take an oath to never share these secrets, right? Yeah, just like so the, the Masons. More, yeah. Yeah, you're you you take an oath that you the slitting of the throat and um the removing of your bowels and all that will happen if you share these secrets. And mm. 
he went and shared all the secrets and started a religion on it. And the Mormons believed that he was a martyr who was killed for being so righteous. And poor him. And we sing Hail to the Man. And we sing all these songs hailing him as this hero that died for our religion. When in reality, the Freemasons um, and Brigham Young had him killed because he told all the secrets from the Masonic Lodge oh, and wow. started a religion on the, it. The Nauvoo, is that how you say that, the place in Illinois, yeah. the Nauvoo Lodge? Yeah, he was the mayor. He wanted to be president of the United States. He started an army. All kinds mm. of crazy stuff that yeah. you don't learn when you're in a religion. Yeah. Mm. Wow. There's a veil. So then you put your hand through the veil and you have to give like... um you have to whisper in this guy's ear, and that's all Masonic. You can see oh, wow. these. Is that one of the five points of fellowship, the whispering in the ear or the mouth? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. The whispering yeah. in the ear, the knee to the knee, the yeah. foot to the foot. That's, that's the five Word points. for word, Masonic, there. I mean. It's, I mean, it's word for word. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, well, you know what? I think, Lindy, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I wonder if a lot of the the... Like you said, the worker drones, the busy bees. I wonder if a lot of the, the the lower in the church Mormons don't realize that these rituals are Masonic. Maybe they don't have enough familiarity with the Masonic to know. Is because it, it's it's almost like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Is right. it, could that be could that be some of it? Because I I mean I've talked to some Mormons that have come out of it and. They, they they don't see the similarities between masonry and that, but that's because they don't have an understanding of what masonry is. Well, I, I agree. It, most of them just don't. And I um, I noticed a little bit of it at first, but then just thought, oh, whatever. But then when I started to really research, and when we were basically during COVID um, and all that, I went more further down the rabbit holes of Freemasonry. I thought the temple was weird at first already, and then um, I went and discovered the truth about Joseph Smith. And um, yeah. and that's kind of when I realized that. And I prayed about it. And that's when I realized. And I tested every spirit. And I read the scriptures. Let no man deceive you. And um, I brought it to God. And, you know, he showed me the truth about Joseph Smith and, and the church. So I really knew it was not true and knew the ceremony was a little Masonic. But then when I really started to study Freemasonry, and just saw, like you said, how it was so literal and word for word. I was, I had to laugh. I thought, how, how are there 16 million Mormons right now that are doing this and believe this? And, and they work so hard to be, so it's a privilege to be able to go to the temple. And, and there's a lot of, and I know none of the people that are Mormons really, you know, um, intend to be this way, but it is a very judgmental culture and Mormons are very judgmental. And I, mm. you know, I know they don't mean to be, but it's because we have so much. If you think about all your non-denominational Christian friends or maybe Anglican or, or evangelical, you see them day to day and you don't really know what's on their heart. You don't really know what they're doing day to day. But as a Mormon, you do because there's a mm. lot of outward appearance. So are they wearing their garments? And you can see them through their clothing or you can tell by the clothing they're wearing if they're wearing them or not. Um, and, and you only wear your garments if you're worthy. So there's a lot of shame involved mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of control, the word of mm -hmm. wisdom. Um, they talk bad. I saw that person drinking coffee. They, they're drinking Red Bull. They must be bad. They're drinking Mountain Dew. Um, 
you know, they're, I saw them wearing a tank top, you know, um, there's a lot of outward appearance and then, oh, well, they're not allowed to go to the temple. So they haven't been to the temple in a few months because they must've been doing something bad. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay 10% of all of your income, all of your gain is 10%. And if you do that, and then if you're wearing your garments and if you're, and if you're going to your bishop and making sure that you're not immorally clean and you're abstaining from this and that, and that you're at your meetings every Sunday, like my church doesn't know if I'm at church every Sunday or not, but the Mormons, you know, it's very structured. So they know if you're there or not, they know if you're doing your callings, you're teaching your classes and you're going to this meeting and you're going to that meeting. There's so many meetings. Um, they're able to really keep a lot of control on you because you're worried about what other people think. You're worried about being at the temple. You're worried if you're wearing your garments. You're worried if you're taking the sacrament on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to take the sacrament. You're not allowed to wear your garments. You're not allowed to go to the temple. If you're not paying your tithing, if you're not keeping the word of wisdom, if you're not keeping the law of chastity. So there's a lot for everyone to see visually for themselves. And it creates mm. this really controlled, shame-filled, guilt-ridden, perpetual perfectionism. And it's hard. And that's why um, Utah is the most heavily medicated with uh, antidepressant state in America. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah, it's also the highest plastic surgery. Um, they have the most plastic surgery and the highest prescribed antidepressants um, in Utah. So there's just, there's, you can just never be perfect enough. It's hard. That's mind blowing. Yeah, that's just the religious spirit. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it permeates, yeah. it permeates all different kinds of groups in and right. out. But yeah, but, but some groups are almost founded on the, this religious spirit. Right. Jehovah's Witnesses, which I'm more familiar with down here in the South, where there's a lot okay. of JWs, what we call them down here. And the, the Mormons are here, but uh, it, it's, they're always... Yeah, you uh, see them even, occasionally, but not, not very often. Yeah. What's the yeah. Jehovah's Witness? Um, they believe that there's only 100, they interpret the 144,000, that that's the number of people that are going to heaven. Is that correct? Yes. I think mm-hmm. so, okay. yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's not at all what what that's talking about. No, right? no, 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 not at all. Well, that that that's a good thing. I have a question I want to ask you. If you can go, if you, um, if this is in your wheelhouse, can you tell? Can you explain to me the the Mormon cosmology and the whole concept of theosis and how that interplays with masonry? Sure. So I think I'm gathering. Are you talking about like? Kolob and and the three kingdoms and things like that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Just making sure. So, um, not to sound a little bit theosis is a study of, I'm just theology. I know a study of like religion, but I know cosmology basically. So, right. So Mormons believe and Joseph Smith kind of just concocted this whole thing. And, And it comes, a lot of it comes from Freemasonry. So he believes we were taught that there's a pre-existence. So we were spirits and we were all spirits living um, on this planet, Kolob. And we were just like little spirit beings hanging out before we ever came here to earth. And we all knew each other. And I was taught that we even picked each other as a family in, a, in the spirit world. Mm. And um, I picked my brothers and sisters and my parents and we were all spirits. We all knew each other. We all knew we were going to come here and be a family. And, um, and that Jesus and Satan were our brothers and um, Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. We have a Heavenly Mother, but he, but I guess he was a polygamist even, even before Earth. 
And so we have several heavenly mothers and heavenly father, and we're all spirit beings on this other stuff. Well, Kolob, I guess, is a star, not a planet. (laughs) That's so Mm. bizarre. But it's like to the left of Earth, basically, um, out in outer space. And they believe that there's just trillions of planets, basically. Right. Which, if you read the Bible in Genesis, it doesn't even mention planets. So um, he says the stars and the moon, and, you know, he created the firmament. So um, so that's another thing where I thought, well, that's another thing about the church that I think is pretty questionable. Um, so they believe that there's a big war that broke out in the pre-existence and that Satan and Jesus had an army each and we basically battled and um, we battled who would kind of rule over us. And, and Jesus wanted us to have free will, free agency to come back to God and him. And Satan said, no, I want everyone to just be controlled and I'll tell everyone what to do. And he wanted to rule. And then we fought and Satan left and his, a third of the angels or the spirits went with him. And those are the fallen angels. And um, he took a, and they'll never have bodies. They're just all spirits roaming the earth. And then Jesus and anyone like you and me, that are here in the flesh that have bodies. That means that we chose um, Jesus's side. So we basically chose his side before we even came here. (laughs) Yeah, Mm, that's what he thought. Yeah. And then, um, so Elohim, God, came here to earth and this became his planet because he's an ascended um, human, basically. And that will be, like, it's so crazy now to believe in the God I believe in now. Like, no, I'm not going to just ascend to one day be like him. He's God. We are not a bunch of humans. He was not a human just like us that roamed a planet one day and now runs his own planet no no he is divine he is god he is the almighty the most high king of kings there was no before him or after like he's no so but yes joseph smith taught that we will now be just like him and have our own planets and polygamous wives and um and and populate a planet and rule over it so um, that's just that's Freemasonry. I mean, that's that you, you achieve levels of enlightenment. And I mean, I see Aleister Crowley in that. I see yeah. hermetic yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, all the all the new age theosophy, all the new age stuff. It's just like it's all Scientology. Like, I heard a little yeah. bit of Scientology when you were describing all that almost. A little Scientology, yeah. a little new agey, right? Yeah. yeah well, it, well, they all borrow. It, it's, a, it's a big borrowing from each other. Yeah, so if you look at any man-made religion, they're basically just borrowing from each other, plagiarizing the Bible, spinning it, and you know, Satan probably just wanted to create a million ways to be distracted from the one truth, right? Yeah, that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so then in the afterlife, they believe that there's three king. There's you know the levels of like the celestial kingdom the terrestrial kingdom and the telestrial kingdom. And they don't really believe there's hell. They just say it's like a state of mind that, you know, you're not with your family anymore. And um, one of the other things they do in the temple, which is Masonic, is sealing. And so they seal you together as husband and wife, and they seal your children to you and say that you'll be in the celestial kingdom as husband and wife and your family. And so you you, you're raised with a lot of guilt. Like you don't want to be the person that breaks that seal of your family. I say, yeah, that sounds family. like a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's so much pressure. Why do you yeah. think everyone well, is just shame? Yeah. 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 Shame. Yeah. Yep. But if you read the Bible, there's not marriage in heaven. So it's not biblical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are the well, bride. Like we are, the church is his bride. 
So there's not marriage in heaven. If you read the Bible, it's, there's so many things. Once you get to know the truth about the gospel that you're, you just wonder how you believe this other stuff, but yeah. <laughs> well, this, this reminds me, I'm reading a really interesting, uh, book now about, uh, it's called evil archeology span and it's just talking about, oh. uh, uh, different objects and accursed objects and, and just, uh, exorcism through the different cultures, Mesopotamia and all this, all this different kind of that stuff. Sounds it's, interesting. It's, yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, you, you have to read it. You have to eat the meat, spit out the bones. I mean, the, the, the author is, um, an ex Catholic and she's spiritual, but I don't know if she's, you know, Christian, but her worldview is, is a lot closer than a lot of evangelical Christians that I know about as far as dealing with the Nephilim and UFOs being extra dimensional beings. And anyway, just different stuff like that. And and so I'm I'm telling you all this because she makes a big deal about King Solomon and is is King Solomon made a big deal in the Mormon um scheme of things as it is in Masonry. So they don't say it is. Um, I didn't even know it was. But if you look at the temples, and um, you know, once you understand the King, King Solomon's temple, and um, the Mormons and their temples, then it's very clearly associated. But, but I didn't know that. Like, they never say that. They don't say King Solomon's temple. They don't say, um, oh, we modeled this after King Solomon. You never mm. hear that. But if you look at them, obviously it, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, which is very well, occultic. And, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of stuff kind of, I don't like to use the word hidden because there's a lot of stuff not taught in the church about King Solomon and his apostasy. Uh, right. Particularly dealing with like, he had a ring that was given to him by a demon. And I mean, yeah. it's all this weird, wild stuff that you get from the different apocryphal books. Well, he had or, demons come just, help him build the temple. Exactly. Yes. He had demons yeah. come help him build the temple. And that just blows like normal. We don't, we're not taught that. So. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. people don't realize the extent of of his apostasy and and, and stuff. Um, no, and then, never talk and about that's that. yep, yep. And uh, you know, and masonry just just takes it and and see, and that's that's where I think a lot of this. And and I, I guess you'll agree with me, uh, Lindy, about this is you have to like really sift through what's legit because there's people out there that'll give you what I call uh distractive type stuff where basically they'll they'll obfuscate what you're trying to um get at uh this direction sort of i guess is a better is a good term or yeah yeah deflect yeah there's a conspiracy term for it i don't remember what it is anyway uh but uh yeah and and it's really hard to navigate out there with this masonry type stuff I mean, you of course have experienced all of it. You've been in the temple mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But then, but then some of the stuff that like you get higher up. I don't know how high up you you went into it, you know, or your father or or whatever. Are well, yeah, there like de- there's a second anointing, you know. So no, I've yeah. never done the second anointing, but mm-hmm. so, so yeah. there 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 are degrees to this, yeah. just like there. Yeah, well, okay, that's what. Oh, I thought. and going yeah. back to Solomon's temple really quickly, since you yeah. mentioned that. Um. Yep. So there. So if you look at any picture of Solomon's temple, you see that basin, like that big bath that has the mm-hmm. ox underneath it. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the brazen sea. Yeah. So that's exactly what it looks like inside the Mormon temple where you do oh, the wow. baptisms for the dead. It looks just like that. It's this big 
bowl that you stand in and do these um these baptisms with all those oxen underneath it and they're gold and every the brassy gold color in the temple and that's what it looks just like the solomon's temple and that's where we do the baptisms for the dead which all right, is well, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll go into that yeah we'll yeah. touch on that because there's a con there's a connection there i found between that and in masonry um Hiram Abiff being raised really? from the dead yeah you go through a baptism except it's more through a like a coffin and you're raised back from the dead yeah. and, and and so i wonder if that has like skull and bones yeah yeah a lot of that kind of yeah. stuff yeah so tell us about yeah. the baptism of the dead and it's 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 interesting i mean i Every time I talk to somebody that's not a Mormon and they ask me about it, because I'm not an expert by any means, but you know, I've read a little, little here and there, and they're always explaining to me what the baptism of the dead is. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. So, so enlighten us about that. Okay, well, I believe it's one way to pull people into the, the religion, and that's why I said these sweet you know, young boys and girls that go on missions. One of the right. things that they tell people when they meet them is, we can kind of like my parents though we can give you like a family unit you know we can give you that community that you need and you're looking for but another thing that they tell them is that we the only way to get to heaven is through this church and the ordinances and the works that we do here and the only way to get there you cannot go to heaven if you are not baptized a mormon mm -hmm. um you cannot go to heaven if you have not been sealed and married and taken these covenants out in the mormon temple and so they tell them we can reconnect you with your loved ones who have passed on. So your your mother, your father, your child that died from cancer, like it's so sad what they do, but they don't know. Um, we can we can baptize them and, and they can still make it to heaven. They're waiting for judgment in the spirit world or something, right? And we can baptize them and seal them to you for eternity. And now we can reunite you with your passed on loved ones. And so a lot of people fall into, well, oh my gosh, I want, I want to be sealed to my loved ones forever. So, okay, let's do it. And so I've been baptized for family members. Everyone I know has been, or, or you'll just go in and do it as a service and you'll get like 50 names um, mm. of dead people. And wow. it's, you know, in the Bible, it says to have no works with the dead, that the dead, you do not speak to the dead. Um, and it's called ne necromancy. Correct me if I'm ne wrong. Necromancy. Yeah. Necromancy. And yep. so, you know, grave soaking and, and calling on conjuring dead past loved ones, psychic mediums. This is all demonic. Mm -hmm. So demonic. And yep. we are never to be doing this. And in the Mormon church, you are literally taking on a dead person's spirit, you know, and um, being baptized yeah. for their spirit. And then they believe that, oh, now we can go to the temple and marry them through now as now I go in the temple as this person that I got baptized for. Mm. And I do their temple work as that person. And then I get married and my grandma and grandpa that were never married in the temple and baptized. Now I'm going to get married for them. And now they believe that you can all be together forever. And it's not true. It's not biblical. It's necromancy. It's, it's, it's conjuring up, you know, the dead and it's, it's not good. Yeah. So Lindy. Um, oh yeah. Is this one of the reasons why like people go to the Mormon church for genealogical research? They keep records of, of families and such so that, it, it's mostly so just so they can get baptized for your family, well, family, right? 
Yes. Yeah, the so Family History Center. Isn't that what it's yeah. called? Family History Absolutely. Center? Absolutely. The Mormon yeah. Church is the biggest genealogy, you know, researchers there are. But I have an interesting input on that. <laughs> okay, okay. So Let's hear it. It's to bring all these people to get baptized for them. And, you know, they do all the research so that they can baptize all their lineage. Going back, my family's all done it. And they've researched and done the genealogy on generations and generations and then they go and do the work in the temple and baptize and seal them in marriage and and they think that they're giving them eternity by doing this um and you know the mormon church oh gosh do they own they own ancestry.com or they have a lot of stock in it and 20 what's that 23 and me or what are all those 23 and me i don't know the names i believe there's a reason for all of that (laughs) a financial reason perhaps or well, a, conspiratorial, a conspiratorial, a conspiratorial reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. Yeah. The Mormon Church is the wealthiest corporation in the United States, I believe. So even more, even even more dollar. than the Catholic Church, really. So I think the Catholic Church is the richest organization, the religious world. organization in the world, and I believe yeah. the Mormon Church is the richest organization in the Western, um, you know, the yeah. continent, like over here. I believe yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but if not, it's the second because they're a trillion dollar corporation. Um, wow, that's so fascinating. I believe there are bloodlines that go all the way back to Nimrod and um, that the Nephilim have, you know, mated with women and they have bloodlines here. And I think that the reason the Mormon church is so on top of uh, genealogy is they're looking for. Um, certain things in people's bloodlines. That's mm. crazy. Boom. So, that makes that yeah. makes sense. I mean, I'd have to, yeah. you know, obviously research and pray it out, but that on face value, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Right. Really yeah. Does. Like, I'm not saying yeah. that's doctrine. I'm not saying right, that. Right, I'm right, not right. writing a book on that. But that is my right. two cents on that because I've always been like, why is the church so obsessed with ancestry and, you know, all of this? And then yeah, so I feel like they're trying to gather for these end days. They're gathering their, um, you know, their seed, their bloodline. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Well, and we know we know what Masons are all about. I mean, we know that they're they're up to rule the world. They're, they're going to bring in a new world order. And my, you know, my little I guess shade tree theology is what I like to call it. Is that there's multiple cabals of these yeah. different types of Masons, and they're all competing who is going to bring in the Antichrist and the new world order. They all know what they're doing, but that's why you'll see. One, it seems like one group over here will do something and something else happens is contradictory. You're like, well, that didn't make sense. Well, that's because it's two different groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a war going on that I don't even yes. think we're aware of, right? Yes. Well, and, and yeah. it just, it just shows you, um, I'm reading this, uh, evil archeology span and it just, it talks about the, the degrees and the hierarchies in the kingdom of darkness and stuff. And, and it's legalistic for sure everybody knows that but it's also the, the other crazy thing is it's it's so stringently uh hierarchical and they're always conspiring against each other to move up in the ranks and, and all that kind of stuff and and uh, which sounds just like mormonism you know i mean mm-hmm. it's like uh what is it what is it crowley's uh, on on earth as it is in heaven which he stole from the as above prayer. so below as above yeah. so below, below. that's yep. right yep Yep. So anyway, so yeah, I think masonry is actually an imprint of like we talk about in Hebrews, how 
there was a a house that Moses made on earth, but then there's a house in heaven. I think that the demonic counterpart is masonry, is the house that's made on earth, and there is a house in the demonic realm. Yeah. And, uh, mm. No. Just, I mean, he's a, he's a copycat. I mean, he he he, yeah. he is not not original. So uh, right, yeah, yeah. He just counterfeits and inverts everything, right? So yeah, yeah. Oh, there's oh, there's inverted pentagrams on the yep. Salt Lake Temple. The e- and... the same as the Order of the Eastern Star. It's it's yeah, yeah. it's the upside down pentagram. It's creepy. That's yep. right. <laughs> yep. Yep. The the Nauvoo Temple, and I think um, so. Then the Salt Lake Temple, and then. There is one in Southern Utah too that, um, and they all have like inverted pentagrams, uh, the all seeing eye, the Eastern star, like you said, um, which I think the Relief Society, the Women's Relief Society, do you know what that is in the Mormon church? No. Mm -hmm. So the Relief Society is an organization in the Mormon church for women. And Mm -hmm. I believe it's just a, you know, an order of the Eastern star, the women's Freemasonry yeah, makes sense. You know, organization. Yeah. And that's just basically what Relief Society was modeled after. And Relief Society is is the Mormon women's organization. Sadly, the Order of the Eastern Star started here in Mississippi. Oh, I just really? found out that out today. Yeah, it's, a, it's near Ebenezer, Mississippi. Oh, really? The building's still there. It may still be there. It was called the Little Red Schoolhouse. It was a Masonic <laughs> a school run by Masons. And really? Yeah, that, that's where the Order of the Eastern Star started. I, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we don't see it a lot here where I'm in Southern California, but I know that all over the country there's Masonic lodges all over. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting that. Yeah. But just like a Mormon church, you see on every corner, it's it's the same thing. Um, it's just like we talked about, the core of the religion is is Luciferian, and um, well, like you said, you you mentioned it's just the different orders of degrees, just like with Mormonism, um, the second right. anointing and things like that. So, I've obviously never been through the second anointing. I only went to the temple about probably about five or six times, five, six, seven times before I finally saw all of it and said, "Oh my gosh, I am practicing Freemasonry. This is not right." And I prayed and prayed and. And I realized the church wasn't true and I stopped going and, and for a little bit, I honestly didn't even go straight into Christianity because I thought, wow, I was just lied to. And I just believed all these lies for so long. Maybe I'll just kind of be spiritual for a little while. (laughs) Because it's not like I ever not believed in God, but then, um, I realized that I needed God in my life and I was going through some hard times, my dad dying and, and went through, went through a lot in my personal life and health wise. And, um, and you didn't got, and so I turned yeah. my whole life over to him. And uh, it's just, I can't. I have such a strong testimony because he he literally set me free from yeah. all of that bondage and the strongholds. And I became physically ill. I was filled with fear and anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and eating disorders and um, really unhealthy, toxic relationships with men. And uh, my family had gone through some abuse even in the church and hall, um, you know, there's a lot of, there are bishops that, that took advantage of me. Um, men that mm. I babysat for in the church that kind of pass you around. Like you're, it's almost like a, a little trafficking ring within. Yeah. I've heard that. that. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Neighborhoods yeah. and, um, families that you babysit for and things like that. So yeah. all kind of came to a head and I, 
I kind of broke down and it manifested physically even and came down mm. with like 14 illnesses mm. and um, just became really physically and, and mentally and spiritually just ill and was in the hospital and I didn't think I was going to live. And then I just turned my whole life over to God and, um, you know, I repented and I went through deliverance. I, um, I really, little by little, he sharpened me and he sanctified me, he edified me. And, um, every day I just, I walked with him and he showed mm -hmm. me things to repent of and to turn from. And, um, and he made me do it step by step. Nothing I ever was healed from happened in one prayer overnight, you yeah. know, um, pain, illness, sickness, anxiety, fear, depression, like mm -hmm. nothing happened overnight at huh. all. He made me walk with him <laughs> yeah. daily and pick up my cross and serve mm -hmm. him. And that's why I say, I like what you said about works, because I mean, I had to work. I had to work, not like the Mormon kind yeah. of work. No. I didn't have to go through the temple to be a yeah. good Mormon, but I, I had to serve him and I had to turn away from things in my life. And I had to it's not easy being a follower, you know? Um, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, what, what, I, what I tell people all the time is, is God's, you know, God's not against effort. He's against merit. And, and what I mean by yeah. that is, is that he, he wants us to like exert effort. He wants us to, well, it's not original to me. I got it from a guy named Dallas Willard, who's a brilliant theologian. <laughs> and, I might write that down. <laughs> yeah, no, write down and, and, and give it to Dallas Willard. But his book, Divine Conspiracy, it's, uh, he was who I first cut my teeth on when I was doing spiritual formation stuff. And it, it's so true. We, we, we get in these ditches of what, well, I'm just sitting around in faith waiting for God to do everything, and that doesn't work. And then you, you get out here in the flesh, and you, you try to make Ishmael's, and that doesn't work. And so there's got to be a balance of both of them. Uh, uh, and I think that's what it is. We, we, exert, we exert effort, but you know he empowers us to... to He's at work in us and through us to do what he needs to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and I, I, I get so tired of it. Uh, people just throwing good works completely out. Uh, it doesn't earn our salvation. There's no merit there. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're righteous. Right. By All faith. glory goes to him. Yeah, but, exactly. But he expects where much is given, much is required. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Lindy, you talked, uh, first of all, man, this is all very fascinating, but it was all very personal for you. So thank you so much yes. for, for sharing yes, these things you. with us. But no problem. I just kind of wanted to know, what was the, the cost to you as far as like relationships, family mm -hmm. of, of coming out of Mormonism? Because you hear a lot of just horror stories on that yeah. line. So, so, so what does it, it cost you? If you don't mind saying so. Well, that's a good question. And it has been really hard. Um, I I felt called to speak up about it on Instagram uh, and on podcasts like this. And, um, and I've even spoken to my sisters and my mom. And it's actually come at, you know, quite a cost. I, mm -hmm. I have several friends that I've grown up with and that I've gone to church with who were very angry with me for posting on Instagram, the truth. Um, it's put, you know, I'm not talking to my mom, um, my dad's past, um, mm -hmm. one sister not talking to, and then who I am who are still just, you know, kind and sweet, but told me that I'm not to talk, you know, like basically have in so many words said, we're not going to talk about that anymore. You know, you're not going to talk about that. And so that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is next week and, um, I'm just, my boys and I, it's just my boys and I 
for the first time in ever really. Um, I just, my family's just, it's, it's definitely still talking to two sisters. I love them. I love all my family, but I'm definitely kind of cut off, cast out, um, from family and it's put a big rift in between us. Um, I've lost a few friends that even said mean things to me on Instagram when I talked about it. And I've tried to be so loving in a way and share yeah. it from a personal way because it has literally changed me. And so what's happened to me through this process, I want for everyone else. That's all I want. And so mm. that's all I've tried to do. Mm -hmm. I felt called that I felt God called me to share, you know, and not keep it in secret. And so I have, and it has cost me friends and family. It absolutely mm. has. It's cost me sleepless nights. It's cost me tears and tears and tears and tears. Um, agony and and then but i don't know it's all been absolutely worth it i wouldn't mm. trade it for the world mm. i he has redeemed and restored everything i've lost i have him and that's all i need i need an audience of one what he's done in my life to me through my heart through me who i am now is worth losing every friend mm. and family member like it really is he if you knew me like i know you guys are just knowing me right now but um i grew up with all that like kind of abuse i've told you about which you know yeah. manifested in low self-esteem and shame and eating disorders cutting body dysmorphia um you know just allowing men to take advantage of me and not treat me right and um just nobody really knew but i was like a tortured soul inside i'd smile and be nice to people but inside i was tortured and yeah. um i don't feel that way anymore i feel peace i feel loved i feel at rest um i feel forgiven i feel mm. loved and i know who i am now i didn't know who i was before i mm. was kind of mormon kind of not kind of trying to be a model an actress trying to be an influencer on instagram i'm kind of a mom i'm kind of this i'm that I know exactly who I am today wow. and I know who God created me to be. And my identity comes through being a daughter of the King, an heir to the throne. I am a daughter. I'm a child of God. And he's changed my heart. He's changed who I am. He's, he's completely changed me. I am patient. I, you know, I'm patient. I'm not like crazy. I used to be crazy and just all anxious. And, you know, I just trust him. I, I used to want to be in control all the time, you know, whether that was a Jezebel spirit or what, but I was always rooted in fear, abandonment, rejection, control, yeah. um, external validation. And now I just trust him. I surrender to him. He loves me and he is my rock, my strength, my redeemer, my everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like it's worth it. If people want to hate me, walk away from me for it. It's fine. It's okay because he's redeemed all of it for me. Well, that's that's incredible. Uh, yeah, this is a a great um, a, a great place for a segue that we usually do with our first time guests. <laughs> and what I'd like to to ask you is, and it, it's kind of a personal question, but you you use your judgment whether you want to answer or not. What is the most supernatural thing that you've encountered with God since you've been saved? Is it too personal or is there, is there anything that, that you'd like to share with us? No, that's good. Um, 
I've never shared this before. So I'm going to share it. So God walked me. So this is probably maybe almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, So I still wasn't sure because I was still having to kind of walk away from some things that friendships, parties I go to, things I'm in. It still was like, well, God, I can still be a good person, right? I mean, I'm still good. I still love you. Um, You know, good people go to heaven, right? I mean, you know, and do I really have to do all of this or I'm going to hell? Like, this can't be real. And I was still teetering a little on the fence. Like, I kind of loved him. I'd started walking with him, but I still wasn't ready to really turn everything over to him. I still wanted to date who I wanted to date and I still wanted to do what I wanted to do or eat. I don't know, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't really know, but I was praying and I was going to bed and I just said, it can't be that bad. What, you know, and, and I don't really want to have to speak out all the time and have people hating me and being mean to me. And it's, can I just go on with life? And, and I went to bed that night and I had this supernatural experience where God didn't. So you know how you, you see some people talk about how God brought them down to hell and they went, came back to life and they said they felt the fiery pits of it all. Mm-hmm. I didn't see mm-hmm. fire. He took me through hell and heaven, but he took it. He took me through it spiritually and not so much more in the emotions of it than, than fiery demons mm-hmm. and chains. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was in bed and I was like, it was like this almost sleep paralysis but I guess that's more demonic I I felt just like everything else went away and I was just laying there and I was like almost like felt like I was floating in my bed and he took me where everything just felt dark not fiery but dark and I just started to feel my body just in every cell of my body I felt shame and Mm. sadness and and just deep despair like tears were just streaming down my face my pillow was soaking wet and I felt so there are not words in the human flesh to tell you how I felt and it was this complete separation from God I would never see him I would never be with him I would never see loved ones and I just felt absolute despair and agony and shame and just like the lowest lowest pain in every cell of my body that I've ever felt. And I was falling and tears are coming out my eyes. And I was like, no, please, no. Can I have another chance, please? And then he took me to heaven where things were like, I didn't walk through heaven. I'm not saying I walked through the pearly gates, nothing like that. It was all spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then he took me to where things just felt light. And I felt filled with love, love that I've never experienced here on earth. I was so filled with the most beautiful feelings of love. And it's like people compliment you and they tell you something really nice or how much they love you or you when you fell in love or your children, when you looked at your baby, right? And, mm-hmm. and there's just this love that you've never experienced before. It mm-hmm. was, I was just filled with that. And it was the most beautiful feeling I've never experienced. And then just tears of joy were just coming, streaming down my face. And I never wanted it to end. And he told me it had to end, but that was my experience with knowing the difference and why it's important. And I was like, please don't stop. Like, don't make it go away. But it ended and I went to bed. I ended up not really sleeping that night. I just smiled in bed all night and knew that I never again wanted to experience the first experience. I only wanted to experience the second experience. And I want that for my three boys. And so now everything I do is so that 
I can help bring those three boys and me to that good, wonderful, loving place to be with God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the awesome. most supernatural thing I've yeah. experienced. Oh, wow, that's incredible! Like, I love that. Like darkness and things like that. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's amazing. I, I love it. Man, I love hearing all of it. But yeah, I, I really love it when it's encouraging and it's an encounter yeah. with the Lord. You well, know, yeah, I just like this idea that he just he took you on an emotional journey to these yeah. places rather than he probably knew I couldn't handle all the devil and fire stuff. I'd probably like, <laughs> like I don't know. Well, I knew it, that was too much for me. <laughs> yeah. In in some ways, you know, in in when we die, that's kind of the state we're sort of in is is like that until we get yeah. a new body. You Maybe know? that's so, what you're showing me. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, I mean that would impact me tremendously more than just just seeing what the stereotypes are and and, and, and there's so. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that would have been 10 times more impactful. Maybe he knew that me. that was, would be more impactful for me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's incredible. Well, thank you um, so much, Lindy, for being on our show. We, yeah. I just appreciate it. And, and uh, I'd like to talk more about the trafficking stuff. So maybe that's yeah. a future We can future. talk more about Mormon Church. We scratched the surface. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we even talked about all the beginnings of Joseph Smith and how he was practicing no, sorcery no, no. and divination. And that's why I do believe, you know, he called on you know, help watchers and, um, all of that. So, yeah. and, and how, wow. you know, the top oh. degree of Mason, we, we touched on that, but it is after worshiping Lucifer, if you go above the 33rd degrees, you become a God. And that's where Joseph Smith got that becoming a God. Like, yeah. So we, we could definitely do another one well, and yeah. human trafficking and all that. So definitely. that sounds cool. Well, let me, let me, yeah. let me ask you one more thing. Um, if there's, sure. if you could tell someone out there who questions like, some of this kind of stuff. Somebody who's maybe mm-hmm. coming out of Mormonism and is in the process of coming out is out of Mormonism in the process of coming out of Mormonism. Uh, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's a good question um, because it is hard, and just absolutely pray through it because God will guide you through it, um, and. As hard as it is, and you don't think it's your ego and pride, it is, it's pride. And you need to be humbled and ask God to show you and that that he'll soften your heart and open your heart to all of this. You just pray that the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. Because if you open your eyes and your heart to it, you peel off the layers of programming. I don't like to say brainwashing because people get a little offended. It it makes them feel like they've been duped and tricked which they have but it's not their fault it's it, it we're well, humans it's cognitive it's, dissonance yeah yeah it, it's actually mind renewal i tell people all the time your yes. mind is your mind is going to be renewed either for god yeah. or for the world yes Abs- yes 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 so yeah you, you need a new mind ask yes ask the lord for a new heart and a new mind he will renew it mm. and um you just have to come look at everything from a new, fresh set of eyes. If you can do that and, and do your due diligence, go look into it. So many of us want to bury our heads in the sand because we almost don't want to know the truth because then you have to do what I did and break away from family and friends and your culture. And it is hard. You're going to lose things, but what God replaces is worth it. So mm, cool. be my advice. All right. Will you end this show? Will you pray for us and for our listeners? Do you mind, Lindy? Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Thank you.
Father God, we're so grateful today for Brandon and Lindsay and that I could sit here and have a conversation with them. And and we're so thankful for every listener today. Um, and I pray that all of their hearts will be softened and that their hearts will be pricked with the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will be their teacher and guide them through the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Bible, the truth of our God, the God of the Bible, the living scriptures that we have in front of us. Um, you know, we, we're so grateful to have the internet and we have so much information at hand. And I pray that the listeners and people coming out of Mormonism who want to know more about Freemasonry, um, you know, Jesus said that there'll be nothing in secret. So these secret societies, we know God are not of you. And um, we pray that their hearts will be softened, they'll be humbled and be able to walk away from things that are not the truth and come in to know your truth and to know you and to know of your love and a relationship with you and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, um, we we pray a blessing of renew that you renew everyone's our minds and our hearts today and um, that we will have the strength to do what is right and what you've called us to do. And we just pray that that we can be your vessels and that our words will be your words and our thoughts will be your thoughts. And um, pray that everyone listening to this right now will be filled with your peace and love. And we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, yeah. Wendy. Thanks. Uh, Thank you for right, having um, me. Well, before you go, uh, uh, sure. are there are there any ways that uh, people could reach out to you if they want to get a get in contact with you? Or do you have any? I know you're on Instagram, on IG. Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is my name, Lindy Kennedy. And I started a podcast, so we're still recording it and starting it. Uh, so if you just follow me on Instagram for now, I'll be announcing all of that. We're going to start a YouTube channel. and um, Cool. Yeah, so I have a lot in the works. I'm trying to write a book, but that's not out yet either. Um, and I'm getting my website up right now, lindykennedy.com, but that's also in the works. So I think if you could just go to my Instagram and follow that I'll be announcing all of these really exciting things to come. I'm going to write a book about my whole journey, you know, birth to now, kind of the little yeah. bits I just shared with you, but all of it in cool. detail. And then also an ebook on healing because I did come down through trauma and stress just induced a lot of illnesses that I healed through a lot of holistic and biohacking practices instead of the Western medicine route. And so yeah, yeah, I just want to help definitely. everyone with all of that. That's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. We might, well, we're definitely going to try to get you back on the show when that book comes out, but uh, yeah, hopefully sure. before then, uh, I want to hear, hear about the traffic and stuff, but thank you so much. Lindy. Okay, we'll we do that next. <laughs> yep. We, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.